Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And I'm Annie Warmke. You certainly are. And today we're going to talk about being a flexitarian or I'm still going to kill him, but at least I won't feel good about it. So... Or I will feel bad about it. Yeah, well, it depends. All right, so... Either way, it's not, it's not happy. All right, so this is a word that was new to me. I know you were explaining this to me. So why don't you talk about what exactly is a flexitarian? What are we talking about when we use that term? Seems like we have labels, like, for everything. Yeah, apparently. Well, the brain likes that. You know, we have little slots that we like to put things in, and that way that we can remember them more easily. So flexitarian is a person who eats mostly plant-based foods, but allows for eating meat and other animal products in moderation. And of course, the key there is moderation. Mm -hmm. So so in other words, anti-American, right? Well, not eating meat is pretty anti-American. <laughs> or moderation so. is anti-American. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so, so, uh, so basically, it means that you you want to have a name for yourself, but you don't want to call yourself a vegetarian, mm-hmm. and you're not willing to go without eating meat um, and dairy and other animal products, whatever those would be. And so, you're going to call yourself a flexitarian. Flexitarian. I'm flexible. One day I'm a meat eater. The next day I'm not. So, well, so no, you're basically but, but saying it's not, your meal is not based around meat. And is well, it, it could be. If the day you eat the meat, it's the, it's the main big steak in the middle of the plate. I mean, it is a, it's better than, not, than to do what we're doing right now, which is not to be flexitarians. So basically, this country is there, we're meat eaters. But today we're going to talk about the idea of being flexitarian and what it might take. So first of all, a few statistics. 71% of us in this country believe that plant-based meats are becoming more mainstream. So better burger that tastes like it came off the grill, which is not, uh, is not any, there's no meat in it. Although I think it has something that looks like blood because people apparently like that as well. Um, and, but the fact that we're starting to believe a more majority of us are starting to believe that this is more mainstream, that's going to be helpful to those of us who really believe that we shouldn't eat meat at all. 31% of Americans expect to try a flexitarian diet in the future. Of course, that's easy to say. Um, But currently, 62% of the people say they expect to see plant-based protein alternatives in restaurants. And when that begins to happen, and it's not in restaurants that are thought to be that type of, you know, plant-based foods, vegetarian, uh, vegan, then that's going to make some big changes. 49% of carnivores, which are people who are meat eaters. Aren't they really omnivores? Because in theory, they eat other things. Well, I don't know. Some carnivores <laughs> I know don't really want it. The other stuff's just sort of like, hey, that's the mustard. Uh, carnivores said in a survey response that they eat traditional meat at least four times a week. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot. And 74% say that they aren't eating as much meat because they want variety in their diet. They, uh, they think they can get protein from other food sources. So that shows a great degree of change in education because everybody's always believed that the only way to get meat is to get meat, to get protein is through meat or milk, which is not true. Um, 
They also believe that uh, parents believe that if they don't eat as much meat, they're setting a good example for their kids. So that's a big education piece that people have finally latched on to. And Americans say that there's a wide variety of meat alternatives to choose from. And then 40% believe that eating less traditional meat is better for the environment. So these are all points that are very positive as far as I'm concerned. But these are only results from people who are polite because most people anymore, they just say, leave me alone. I'm not answering your survey. So, so I don't know that, you know, I, I would take it with a grain of salt. I, I just okay. don't. I take it I believe, you want I to. believe you that it's getting to be more widely accepted. Okay, but wait just a minute, because right. the demographics also show that instead of these responses just coming from white women, which has been very traditional, mm -hmm. uh, or millennials, which is also the case. They are our future. It's, it's really reflective of everyone, almost everyone. So there's a big cross-section of people, and it suggests that the in industry, the plant-based food industry has really done their job. Well, I think that's giving a lot of credit. I think uh, uh, health of, uh, experts, medical doctors, a lot of people have been saying these things for a long time about uh, that we should eat less meat because it's better for the environment and better for our health. So so what are the alternatives? And I think that um, that that's the the big thing is if we don't adapt this, at least this as the very minimum. Uh, we aren't going to see much help with climate adaptation. Um, the change, you know, the, the farts that come out of cattle. All right, all right. Well, cattle. well, we'll get into, we'll get into cow farts here in a bit. But uh, before we get into that, let's keep focusing on, you know, what, what these alternatives are. Okay, well, yeah. so, so just to say the benefits are really about health. Their right. health for the environment, but health do, for humans. Do we have enough history on this stuff? Because you mean you know, on the plant-based? Yeah, because we've always heard, you know, when I was a kid, eat meat, drink milk, eat eggs. That's what's going to keep you healthy. Well, that's the US then they dairy. come out. Then they come out and say, no, 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 don't eat meat, don't eat eggs, don't drink milk. But it's, it's not, not the healthy. same. It's not the same folks saying that. So. Oh, but different, different people with a different agenda to push. Well, everybody's got an agenda, but here's the thing. We're not just, when we talk about plant-based foods, we're not just talking about meat. We're not just talking about dairy. We're talking about vegetables and fruit, mm -hmm. nuts, beans. We're talking about all food that is really simply plant-based. And that's the, that's the key here. So yeah, we're talking about meat. Because that's the that's the game changer. That's the well. It's easy to focus on too. Backbreaker. Well, it is the one thing. You, you know, I believe that people hang on to the whole thing about eating meat. It is the way we've been raised. Lots of us have been raised, but it also demonstrates from many generations back a, a symbol of wealth that you sure. could afford to buy meat and as much meat as you want, and you could eat it all the time. Well, I was just listening to this um, podcast or book or something, um, which I seem to be want to do le recently, and and it was talking about actually the transition to meat was was very important in the development of hominids, you know, becoming humans, where you could have less space for your digestive tract, more space for your brain, um, and and it was because of the energy denseness of meat versus that of other alternatives. And I guess, are we saying that 
we can now, because of technology, transition to a more energy dense diet, but it's no longer meat, which is but what we're not we're fighting for our lives. We we're sitting at a desk. We're yeah, we're but, hanging out with our buds, you but, know. But they were saying that like some energy non dense foods. Um, the one they were using was like the prickly pear in the desert. You'd have to eat like five gallons of them. Okay, but lots of animals, day. you know, elephants know, have not, to eat. Tons. But we're not humans. I, I mean, we're, we're not, not humans. Human. We That's are the, humans. I believe in that. We're not. We're not elephants. At least most of us aren't. No. And and so we don't want to eat five gallons of prickly right. Well, pear. you'd have to spend a long time doing it. But you're not going right. to just eat one thing. But these, I know. But these these plant based meat alternatives are, I assume, as energy dense as, as the meat. Otherwise, it wouldn't really be an alternative. Well, some of it has to do with fat, and that's the density issue you're talking about. But lots of things have good fat in them that help us to feel full, and that's also what you're talking about. In the book Women's Roots, which I love to quote, it's a really interesting story of really the, the transition of how humans sort of stood up and what happened after they did. And it, stood up literally or yeah, stood, stood up for up. themselves? No, stood up literally. So okay. women were mostly by themselves with children, and they grubbed for whatever, roots and insects and uh, little rodents, and that's what they, that was their diet. The men were somewhere else. They weren't really living in, with, and among the women. And so th they were hunting and hanging out with their buds and, you know, killing stuff. But when they couldn't find anything There's to kill. There's very little that's changed, you know. <laughs> no, I know that. Uh, I was hoping you would mention it instead of me. Um, and so when they couldn't find enough food to eat, which was meat, it was just killing stuff, you know, things that roamed around and eating it, uh, they came back to the women and they ate with the women because they were hungry. Okay, again, nothing much is changed. No, that's right. The women always fixing the food. But then they did come back other times. One, they came back when there was a mating going to happen, and then there would be children. I'm not sure if they understood that, but they must have at some level. They say the rehearsal dinner before uh, a wedding is, uh, is that a tradition. But anyway, the point is that men... Uh, males have always, as far as we look in history, have always been eating meat. And it's because that's what they had. And they didn't, they didn't grub for roots. They didn't grub for insects. Who knows why? But they didn't do it. They hung out with their buds and killed stuff. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, listening to this, you're, I mean, uh, clearly you're advocating for a uh, a less meat diet. And in fact, if you had I'd your like way, you'd no say meat, zero nothing meat to diet. Die. Um, some people will say, well, look at our history. Look at how we've evolved. We're evolved to eating meat. I would say that falls flat in that those people, those, those early humans, were lucky if they lasted to like 25 years old. So, so, so who knows not, where it was going after that? Yeah. I mean, I suspect, uh, you know, we've hopefully evolved a little bit in that. Um, I guess one one aspect of this that that I sort of alluded to in in the beginning was there's a lot of folks and they're usually the vegetarians or the vegans um you know who talk about the humane issue around meat you know because there is killing involved 
when, when shock, you're dealing. Shock, shock, shock. I'm shocked. Well, and, and, you know, this is one of those things where I personally seem to be able to divorce myself. Okay, you're a, you're a part of, of like everybody else. That's and, the case. And it's like, yeah, in the abstract, I know that this is happening. And yeah, I probably wouldn't want to do it myself. I mean, although I have where, you know, when we're butchering chickens and things like that. But it's Which not we a, don't do anymore because you not, don't like I don't doing like it, it. But mostly I don't like the smell. But anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, it's, you got to have your priorities. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's that kind of thing where as a society, you know, we're all hypocrites in so many different ways. We love to eat meat, but we're not. You know, some people. We who, don't want to know anything Yeah, we don't want to see it, how the sausage is a, made, basically. That it's a muscle you know? from a living being. Yeah. But, but then you can say, okay, well, I'm, I'm happier eating soybean things that look like meat because, you know, how many soybeans died to, to make this burger, you know, that. Or other, other plants. Maybe that's part of it. A, maybe that's part of the motivation among some people because their conscience can be eased just a wee little bit. I think it's mostly about being cheap. Cheap. Well, yeah. this stuff's more expensive. That no, I think okay. I'm talking about the other side of this issue. So, so for example, we don't really want it. So, statistically, people <laughs> do care. They say they care about how the animal was treated, as if okay, I'm killing you, you know, and the animal knows something's wrong. It's been taken to a different building, and I don't want to harp on this too much <laughs> because that isn't the reason I am vegan. I, I have I have lots of reasons I'm vegan, but it's not about the killing, although I'm incapable of it. Okay, well, let me interrupt you, vegans, and say that you are listening to When the Biomass <laughs> Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke, reminding you it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. Oh, if only I wish it was. And thank God, right? <laughs> and it's definitely the end of the world if you are a cow destined for... Um, I don't know. I was trying to think. Well, of if you're eating these. meat all the time, it also is the end of the world because we're not going there as a culture. We can't afford it. Well, I think we're, we're, I mean, I will agree with you to a point. The, the industrialization of food production, while perhaps very necessary to get up to the volumes of, of what the planet is consuming, is a pretty brutal and, uh, system for the animals, for the people who work in it, and the rest of us, because we're getting the end product right. of it. So perhaps a certain amount of transition to the um, to a flexitarian, basically saying, okay, let's do a little less of that, as opposed to doing yeah. away with it altogether. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a minute, about okay, how to make that transition. But I want to say that agriculture is the worst contributor to the ozone, the, well, the carbon, climate change, the, greenhouse all gas. that stuff. Because yeah, in fact, it passed, uh, you know, electricity uh, generation and transportation. So. Yeah. So, and most of that is because of um, carbon dioxide emissions. Uh, the animal itself creates amazing amount of methane. I forget how many times a day on average a, a, a steer or a cow will... Uh, fart or well, chew. it's mostly burping. I heard a guy; he was defending cow farts, saying, "Oh, Look, they, they're they okay." They it's the burping. It's just part of that uh, oh, fermentation, ruminant, ruminant, ruminant thing, thing. And, yeah. and it's just kind of a, a norm. Although I've heard that if you add even just a little bit of a seaweed enzyme to um, the the food 
of, of a cow in, in one of these, uh, you reduce the emissions like 80%. It's, yeah. it's really dramatic. So there may be solutions to that. Also, the ruminant has a lot of chemical in it, in an yeah. industrial. So we don't know what would that be if it didn't have that in it. So there's a lot of issues. But the main one is that agriculture is the leading contributor to, to the issues that we're facing with climate change. Yeah, and it's around 18%. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, those are the statistics. And I always like to think that, you know, nine out of 10 statistics are are made up. So so we'll take it for what it's worth. But we do know. And a lot of that is um, deforestation, you know, in order to raise livestock. You're seeing huge swaths of, of of course, it's easy to pick on Brazil, the Amazon. Well, the rainforest. Yeah. And you go in there and you wipe out these big things and they put in cattle farms because Brazilians love their beef. And guess what we got from that? COVID. COVID. Well, I, okay, let's not go there. Let's just, no, let's because, just talk about the damage. Well, just to the let em- me say, I want to finish the thought, is because when you disrupt the ecology of those systems, those rainforest systems, you release all kinds of bacteria and bugs and amazing things that then have no place to go. And they end up in animals and then they end up in us. Well, I think it's safe to say I'm not willing to draw a line from from cutting down a tree to a global pandemic. Well, it's not just any tree. But I am saying, I'm willing to accept that a disruption of our environment on a massive scale causes disruptions in pretty much every system and everything in the world Thank that you. Going forward, but but I, I I mean cause and effect. That's always a tricky thing to try and. I think there's an awful through. lot of scientific proof to it. Just to finish that thought <laughs> and not to belabor it. All right. So so the other thing is that we eat way too many calories, and we eat as if a traditional diet in this country is the same kind of diet that that cow or that steer or that pig or that chicken that's going to be butchered is eating. Right. Well, when I was looking it up, it says typically the typical American consumes, you know, right around 2,500 calories a day. Um, and that's about 23% more than in 1970, which, you know, I would have guessed it was more than that, just looking at people, but but it yeah. accumulates. I mean, if you're if you're adding, let's assume that in 1970, you were eating what you needed to maintain your weight. Now you're adding 23%. And so every year you gain 23% body mass or whatever. And, and the result is, you know, no one can fit in an airplane seat anymore. So, yeah. So, so this is the problem. We're being fed as if we're going to slaughter. And part of that reason is because the USDA needs us to eat more calories to utilize the food that's available coming out of the farm fields. But is that is is that the product of, of meat per se or high fructose corn syrup or, you know, just everybody pushing Lucky Charms at us, you know, or sugar in our diet? Well, I think it's not just one thing. It all adds up, though, and, and people are sick, so it's a huge cost to our culture. And just to say, we are really the only country according statistically, that has this kind of focus on meat. It is not the, it's not the cultural norm of other countries. Uh, I don't know. Brazil, 
Brazil is is really okay. This really is what this it. is what the stats told me uh, okay. when I looked it no, up. No, go to a Brazilian restaurant and <laughs> well, they just eat raw stuff, so I uh, don't they know. Eat, they, it's a beef baby, beef yeah. all the way. I think it's it's you know there is a Western diet. Um, you know, although many many countries are adopting a Western diet, and you're starting to see the health effects of that. Um, but here's the health effects of what you eat at the store. You eat. I say Kroger eggs. So Kroger is a grocery store that has their own brand and they're probably 89 cents or a dollar. Mm -hmm. So on average, I just checked this yesterday with some other farmers, it takes about $4.50 to produce a dozen healthy eggs. So where are we in between that? So we're buying these eggs that are not good for us. 40, 89 cents a pound for chicken legs. That is not going to be food that's fit to, for consumption, mm -hmm. human consumption, maybe not even for your dog. Well, so, so what you're saying is that if you buy cheap food, produce, you're yes. going to get cheap produce. You're going to get unhealthy. You're going yeah. to look like you are ready to go to the butcher. Well, I always found it interesting. I know we lived in France for a while, and and statistically the French spend about 15% of their income on food and about 10% on on medical and 20% on holidays. Yeah, well that's that's good. <laughs> and and then the Americans it's the reverse. We spend about 10% on our food and about 15% on medical and it looks like there's a correlation between that. If you're if you're going to eat a lot of junky food, crappy food, badly raised food, you're probably going to have some health effects. Yeah, so I, I'm glad you said badly raised food because not everybody who is uh, overweight uh, or obese has eaten junk food, but mm -hmm. they have eaten the food that is in the store. So let's just talk about some, some ways we could transition. Okay. So one of the ways would be to make a menu. Uh -huh. So that you have... You're always wanting to plan things. Okay, but life is not... <laughs> it doesn't work well to mm -hmm. just vodio do all the time. But if you want to transition to be a flexitarian or you just want to eat more healthy, the best way and the most economical way is to say for, let's say, for five days a week, maybe you don't want to do it seven, um, or start out with just two or three days, but make a menu and plan the main meal of the day without meat. Mm -hmm. So and in doing that, and get your family involved. Everybody sit down on Sunday when people are getting ready to go back to work on Monday in school and all that. And, and I know that's very traditional. Not everybody has that lifestyle. But at some point when you're all together and say, all right, let's plan out what we're going to eat and make sure the kids have a voice in that. And then go to the store and buy those foods or use what you have if, if that's important to you and try to stick to that and find some recipes. You know, YouTube is full of amazing videos on how to cook uh, recipes, millions, maybe billions of recipes online um, and, and buy some herbs, uh, try some new things. But honestly, there are some really tasty foods out there. Uh, Trader Joe's has some really great vegan chorizo, which is spicy enough for pizza and to add to boiled potatoes or whatever. There are lots of really good tasting 
foods out there. And that way, when you go through the checkout line, you are not separating yourself from the reality of life for many and your pocketbook and your value system. But isn't this kind of a solution for the well-to-do? No, anybody mm-hmm. can make a menu if you know how to read and write. And if you don't, mm-hmm. your kids mm-hmm. probably do. Mm-hmm. You know, print it out with a pencil. It doesn't matter. It's not a fancy thing. But it always seems to come down, you know, annoyingly, to plan ahead, yeah. buy quality things locally, yeah. and do everything in moderation. Yeah, which, that which sucks. Is, is it's not, so un-American. It's not the message we're given. No, but you know, we want, we have a value system, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And the statistics show that we want to do better as human beings around humane treatment of animals. We definitely want to be healthier. We want to have a healthier diet and we don't want the world to end. That's a big piece. So it isn't all up to us. But here's the thing, you vote with your dollars. So if you really do want to make change, the next time you're eating at a restaurant, which I know is about to happen again if it hasn't already, or at the hotel buffet, you ask for some plant-based foods. Or you ask, how, where did these eggs come from? Did they come from a local farm? Or are they from you know, some massive Monsanto-based food company? Uh, how were how was the sausage produced? Where did it come from? By asking these questions, you are beginning to make it clear to the management that you want something different. You ask for plant-based foods, and they're and they're coming. You're going to see them more on menus and uh, in uh, more um, basic kind of buffet kind of situations. I know some of the um, restaurants, some of the more fast food restaurants now have plant-based uh, meats for, they don't yeah, call those, it meats. like but, those ultimate burgers or things like that. Yeah, or they have like crumbles that go on salad. And, and so ask for it. And if they don't have it, ask for it anyway. And make sure, like for example, maybe you ask for it and they say they don't have it. So, you know, ask for the manager. There's always a picture of the manager and say, hey, we'd love... <laughs> to have this and we might eat here more often or shop here more often or spend more of our dollars here more often if you had a better variety for us. So you're saying, again, you have to make what you're consuming a priority in your life. Yeah, it's about health. It's self-care. Put it through a filter of how this, you know, will be more healthy for me and perhaps even, you know, taste better over time. And then make yourself an annoying consumer. Go out there and... um, Well, you're voting with your dollars. So why are you giving your dollars to something you don't believe in? uh, Mm -hmm. Because you see, oh, there's 89 cent chicken uh, legs. And you think, oh, that's cheap. I'm going to buy that. Well, you're not voting with your dollars then for a good thing. It's sort of like that, that joke about how can you tell if someone's a vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you, you know. So. Oh, that is so <laughs> So how can you tell bad. if someone's a flexitarian? They're going to annoy the manager at the restaurant saying, is this all you got? No, right? I'll tell you, if you're really <laughs> at heart a flexitarian, you're going to eat plant-based foods at home. And when you go somewhere, you'll eat what they've given to you and be grateful. And this is going to help save the world, save yourself. And, uh, and you'll feel better about and, things. And save Babe the Pig. Right? Well, I really believe in that. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, um, 
You have been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine. We want to thank our always flexible uh, producer and Emmy Award winning producer, Adam Rich. And we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is... Okay, well, she said, play nice with others, clean up your own mess, and take a week to be a flexitarian. Just try it. All right. Okay, until next time. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at BlueRockStation.com.